0: Welcome. It's good to be with you on this Wednesday as we get together for a little midweek Bible study and devotional time. And I'm so glad that you've taken some time out of your day to join us to do just that—to dive into God's Word and, and hopefully be uplifted and encouraged, maybe even a little bit challenged by what He has to say to us. You know, over the last several weeks, we've been studying and and learning more about the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And and as we study, it's it's a beautiful thing. I I I, I love. You know, the, talking about it, and it is a gift, as we've been talking about. Truly, is a gift that God has given us the the gift of His Spirit living in us and working through us. And yet, even knowing that, it's it's still easy at times to feel like fully following and 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 embracing the the direction of the Holy Spirit in our lives at deeper and deeper deeper levels can be, at the very least, a little bit unsettling at times, and maybe even a little in, in some times. Uh, and in some ways a little even scary. I mean it's tough to think about stopping, you know, uh, uh, stopping trying to manage the situations in our lives and entrusting ourselves completely to the spirit's leadership and guidance, to just fully surrendering and letting go of control in our own lives and and letting the spirit lead us and guide us. And 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 it's easy to maybe question, well what's my guarantee that I can understand how to hear him and how to follow him? When the Holy Spirit attempts to lead me, how how can I truly trust His guidance and His leadership in my life? And those are reasonable questions. I mean, especially because we want control and we want to take things into our own hands. And so, those are reasonable questions when it comes to the idea of fellowshipping with and and keeping in step with and following in the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In fact, when Jesus first told his disciples about the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, similar doubts were probably swirling through their minds as well. That's why Jesus made sure to take the time during his last night on earth to ease their fears and to give them a divine guarantee regarding the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He says this in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you. The spirit, this is what he calls him, the spirit of truth. That's how Jesus called, that's what Jesus called the, the Holy Spirit. He called him the spirit of truth. In fact, this this is the first of three instances where Jesus refers to, <coughs> excuse me, the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth, so the uh, truth over the course of his teachings in John chapter 14 through John chapter 16. And by repeating this phrase over and over again, I think Jesus was driving home a a, a very powerful truth into his disciples' hearts, that the Holy Spirit, and into our hearts as well, by the way, but that the Holy Spirit is utterly trustworthy, and he would never mislead them or misguide them. In each instance where Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as the, the spirit of truth, that word truth is a translation of the Greek word aletheia, which describes something that can be depended upon or, or something that is trustworthy, reliable, true. Uh, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which we often refer to as the Septuagint, this term often denotes something that is faithful, uh, sure, stable, firm, as opposed to something that is unreliable, unstable, uncertain. In addition, that the word aletheia for, for truth is used in the Gospels to depict the, the uncovering of truth as opposed to the deliberate hiding of truth. And so, taken together, these mean these meanings emphatically show that Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would be always would always be trustworthy, reliable, and true. And so, the, the, the disciples, the apostles, those early believers, they could rest assured that the Holy Spirit would never deliberately conceal or hide information from them that was vital for them to know. But rather, you know, on, on the other end of that, that everything they needed to grasp and to understand so that they could become the people that God was calling them to be, so that they could walk, truly walk in the footsteps of the Savior, their Lord, that they had walked with for three years. As they could continue to walk in his footsteps, the Holy Spirit was going to reveal to them. When Jesus used the word truth to describe the Holy Spirit, it was the equivalent of saying, you don't need to worry that he's going to lead you astray or that he's going to lead you wrongly. You can depend upon him. And you can trust that he is going to lead you where you need to go. Jesus wanted the disciples to relax and to understand, especially in the midst of all that they were going through and that their world was about to be turned upside down. He wanted them to understand that they could depend on the Holy Spirit to lead them correctly, exactly where God wanted them to go. And the beautiful thing is that as as believers today, we have that same promise. We can rejoice at the truth that we have the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that Jesus promised to those early believers, Jesus has promised to us. And he will, just like them, he will never mislead us, but he will teach us and guide us into the truth, into all truth, and into the people that God desires for us to be. Now, we certainly need to always be developing our ability to listen to the Spirit and walk in step with the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit will always guide us where we need to be if we will follow him, and listen to him. He truly is the spirit of truth. And that means that we can be sure that when the Holy Spirit nudges our hearts to do something, it's the right thing to do. When he puts a thought into our mind, it's a right idea. When he guides our, our spirit, our spirit, when the spirit guides our spirit, he knows something we don't and is trying to lead us on the po- best possible path through the obstacles in our lives. He is always the spirit of truth. And as the spirit of truth, we can rely on the fact that he will never mislead us or misguide us. The bottom line is this. If we're going to experience real, supernatural Christian living, then we have to come to a place of complete and total surrender to the Holy Spirit. He is always trying to coach us, to direct us. Even when we're not listening, he's trying to coach us and push us and nudge us. He's always as close as our next breath as our next thought, dwelling in our spirit, speaking, directing, encouraging, and trying to help us make the correct decisions in life and orient our hearts and our minds with our Heavenly Father and with our Savior. And whether or not we listen, He's still there within us, pointing us back to Jesus and to the life He calls us to live. We must learn to trust the Holy Spirit's leadership and to do what he instructs us to do. He's a divine coach, if you will, sent by God to help us and to guide us. But for him to help us and guide us, it requires our ears and our hearts, our trust and our obedience. Anything short of this will produce results far short of the supernatural Jesus-imitating life that God desires for us to live. And since he is the spirit of truth, it means he is completely trustworthy. So we can put aside our fears, our objections. Any gift that God gives us is a good gift. And we can put those fears and objections aside and begin to let the Holy Spirit do his job of coaching and guiding us. This is Jesus' guarantee to us through the wonderful and powerful and trustworthy ministry of the Holy Spirit. Hope you have a blessed day. God bless.